It's Tuesday, July 26th, and this is Talk Commerce. Welcome to Talk Commerce. Today I interview Kaylin Jordan. This is a segment of a longer interview where Kaylin and I ramble on about a variety of topics. The specific topic we talk about today is employee happiness. Please tune in and enjoy this show. And now, your free joke. If I started a band called Ceiling, would that make people who enjoy my music Ceiling fans? This episode of Talk Commerce is brought to you by Cricket Protein Bars. Crickets are one of the most common insects people consume. Insects like crickets are rich in nutrients, especially protein, and more sustainable than any other protein source such as Wagyu steaks or Costco hot dogs. Go to talkcommerce.com forward slash cricket protein to learn more. This week's cricket tip, try substituting crickets especially fried crickets, for peanut butter for anyone with a nut allergy. I can guarantee when they open up their sandwich and take their first bite, they're going to thank you. Crickets, they're what's for snacks. My name is Brent Peterson, and I'm your host. Please remember to subscribe wherever you download your podcasts. And now, Talk Commerce. All right, what, we're talking about some fun stuff today. You had some oh, really man. good topics. All sorts of topics, all sorts of fun stuff. We're going to go all over the map. What you, is the name of your podcast this week, or is it a video uh, series? We're figuring it out as we go. We're figuring it out as we go. And it will be <laughs> revealed at the proper time. But I'm going to... We I, are, we we are going to remix, and it is also going to be a bonus episode on Talk Commerce. Perfect. Fantastic. Fantastic. So we're, we'll see. It'll be competing, and we should release it together. Okay. Same week, same Apple podcast stream. You're going to um, compete with my own podcast. I'm, all I can do is try non, to keep, keep, I can try to keep up with um, that non GMO I, microphone. Yes. Yeah, but That's, I do feel like on my stream, I'm going to put a bunch of beeps in just to cover up your swearing. Oh, uh, okay. Son of a burp. Yep. Burpity burp. Yeah. I do swear a lot these days. Just not on podcasts. You're in Texas. You have to. It's a lot. It's a lot to swear about, including employee culture and happiness, which is one of my favorite topics. Really? Okay. It really is. I'm big on employee culture and happiness. I'm surprised that you're surprised. You sounded like you were surprised by that, which I don't. No, I don't I'm, particularly I'm, appreciate. I because I'm not surprised. That's my whole. That's my whole life. That's your whole shtick. I have a handbook. Have you read my handbook on employee culture and happiness? No, no. We should read it right now. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't have it. Could be like an audio book. Yeah. One of these days, it'll be an audio book. No, but that was something you wanted to talk about was employee culture and happiness. So yeah, I think in today's age, when while well, we're here in Minnesota, the unemployment rate is two percent or something like that. It's crazy, oh, wow. like crazy low. Yeah. As an employer, you have to go the extra mile to retain your employees, right? You have no choice. So is this just a pragmatic, is this just a pragmatic thing? Listen, 
if the if the unemployment rate were higher, we wouldn't care about this at all. But because it's so low, we got to bite the bullet and be nice to people. <laughs> that is a great that is a great way to look at it. I will answer that in full transparency that that you should not take unemployment rate into account. And the reason is what does it cost to rehire the next person? The 2% is a hard wall for an employer to get over because there's simply not anybody you can hire, right? Yeah. Let's just say it's 10%. You get really sloppy in your hiring. You're like, oh, we'll hire people and blah, blah, blah. And if they leave, who cares? Just because we can hire more people. Yeah. But does that mean because you've hired somebody new, that person is going to just hit the ground running? Like even in the programming world. Developers theoretically could be the fastest onboarding person you could have because hopefully your projects is detailed well and they can come in and they just look at the requirements. They're already qualified. Mm -hmm. They could start working right away. There's still going to be a week or two of... Point them at some tasks and have them like jump right in, in theory. Yeah. Theoretically, they're going to have to learn a little bit, but let's just say you have two weeks or a month to get them up and mm -hmm. running. Okay, well, let's just say in the U.S., developers make whatever. We'll use a round number, hundred grand a year. What does that then cost you? That's $8,000 that you have to pay that one month of trying to get everybody up and running, onboarding, all those other things. Yeah, so it's a lot of money. I think that that 2% unemployment rate is a wake-up call to employers who haven't been big on employee culture and should be working on that. Yeah. Yeah, totally. No, and, and yeah, I was just kidding. It's easy for me to be to joke about these things because I don't have any employees, and then I, and then I give you a heart. You actually have responsibilities over there, so I'm busting your chops. But um, <laughs> it is a. I appreciate that question, and I believe that is a completely fair question to ask any employer. I think it's a factor for sure. It doesn't change like what's the right thing to do, but it, it is a factor. But what are so you've been in the working world for a long time since the dawn. So what are some things that are top of mind for you as far as like employee culture, I people think, happy? I think that time off is certainly a big one, having well-planned and thought out like for a developer, right? Mm -hmm. A developer wants to have a project manager that is going to help them be better developers. They're, they don't want help technically, but they need help or, or they just want things to be organized. They just want right. like requirements not to change, things to be straight. Like, he, tell me what I need to do. I can do it. It's not going to change 16 times. And then I can get it done. Yeah. They want them to run interference. They don't want the client talking to them directly. Yeah. They, they hopefully the project manager can handle all that. So, yeah. From, a, from an employee stamp, happiness standpoint, we want to encourage that and support that. Yeah. All those pieces as you come down the whole pipeline yeah. of getting work done. That's really good, actually, because there's so many different... You could talk about benefits and perks, but I really think the core of what a developer cares about is exactly that. Make the work itself clean to whatever extent. In the real world, things are going to change. Things are going to be... Requirements are going to be fuzzy and stuff like that. But as much as possible, make the process of getting work done, the project management structure, like straightforward. I think also probably you want to work on challenging stuff, interesting stuff too. That's also obviously going to be a big component. But like the work itself, make the work, it, improve the work itself, as opposed to all the things around it that are important, are nice, nice to haves, but they're not really the core of what 
your job is about. Yeah, this actually, this whole discussion would be better for a panel if we had, uh, say, four or five employers that like to just talk about what is it that they, or even employees, like, are just a regular developers. No developers are regular. They're all extraordinary. Find four extraordinary developers, which are every developer, and ask them what makes them happy. You're probably going to get four different answers, right? Some of them want to get paid. Some of them would like lots of time off. Some of them like flexibility in their schedule. There's yeah, all kinds of things. Vary. It's going to, yeah, it is it's... going to be varied. It's a complicated. It is a complicated task. But that culture that any company embodies would have people that have been there for a long amount of time, and they would be the ones driving this culture. The ones that mm -hmm. like the culture, so maybe it is about time off or flexibility, those mm -hmm. are the ones that are going to stick around. And if somebody doesn't care about some of those other things and all they want to do is make the biggest money, then that's where you see developers jumping from jumping around you know, agency. And again, I don't want to make it sound too general. Like not it just because somebody goes from one agency to the other because they make more money doesn't mean they're jumping because of the money. There's all kinds mm -hmm. of reasons. I don't want to generalize it, but it's just an example of the different parts of that that encompass that whole idea of employee happiness. I think of the dev teams that seem, felt to the strongest are where there's this combination of you enjoy working with your peers, you respect them, they help you and also challenge you. So if you have a problem, you can get feedback, get help, get support. The work is interesting. You have high level of autonomy or ownership of what you're doing. There's not a lot of red tape and nonsense and, and then you get paid. Well, that's <laughs> never, all those never things, hurts. right? Yeah. But uh, you're an employee, right? Are you technically an employee? Yes, I am. Are you, ha are you happy? Are you? That's good. Yeah. I think part of that is autonomy. You want to give people a degree of autonomy to, to be able, you want to give them space to make some of their own decisions. Yeah. So that's huge. Yeah. I think one thing that's always important is knowing what is that space and then what is how does creativity go into that space? As an employer, you want to recognize that people need some of that space, right? They, and they and if you're demanding so much time out of it, what is an acceptable amount of time to for either create creative growth or personal growth or educational growth? Yeah, because like I remember this one dev team I was on and we were working on a new project. It was interesting. It was fun. It was exciting. And then certain people were building certain components of it. And when you talk about like creativity and stuff, like they were taking some very creative approaches to the architecture of how to build this thing. And we would talk about it and be like, oh yeah, it's going to, it's going to work like this and it's going to be super extensible and it'll, the code is going to be so clean. It's going to be, and you could tell they were super excited about it from like a creativity standpoint. And it sounded cool. It sounded great. But then a day turns into a week, turns into two weeks and it's like the thing isn't getting done. And it's like, oh yeah. And they show, show you all the stuff and then they have a good explanation for why it's not done. It's oh, I got to do this and then I got done. I got to refactor it. And they're all good reasons. And then sometimes people just get caught in like a loop of things can be complicated. And so that's the flip side of it is if you're too creative, like you got to get stuff done. Like <laughs> you got to get things out the door. Yeah. In the development world, there's always a push and pull be between the developer who is a perfectionist and the developer right. who's just a get stuff done developer. And right. I, I, in a past life, I did development work. I would never say I was a developer, a very good one anyways. And I was a get stuff done person because especially if you're a single contractor or you are 
the only person accountable to that customer. And so you're just trying to get as much stuff done as you possibly can. I think another good role for a project manager is to be that person who can say, this task actually takes this long and to do it right, it's going to take that long. And the only mm-hmm. way to get around doing it right is doing it wrong. Say so, right? the only Taking way to sh- get around. <laughs> if you, the only way to not do it right is to not do it. You can say it in so many words, but if you want it done faster, you're going to have to take some shortcuts and chances are it's not going to be right. Like you're not going to write your unit tests or you're not right. going to do QA on it, or you're going to skip over a bunch of functions that, or whatever it is. There's just yeah. things you can do to cut corners. Yeah. And then that's the problem. Like I'm a get stuff, I'm a get stuff done developer and I can move pretty quickly, but I'm not like the perfectionist. And then the downside to that, of course, is that down the road, you realize there's technical debt. There's limitations to what you built that really can start to compound over time. And I really should have taken a little extra time and done it, done it the first, but there's really no such thing as doing it. You want to do it as as best as you can and then improve on that. And that, and this is why somebody that's been coding for 10 years is so much more efficient. Somebody has been doing it for a year because they've gone through enough of those cycles that they can see the problems ahead of them and then fix them from the get go. Thank you for listening. The full episode will be available on Thursday as a bonus download in this same stream. Kalen and I talk about everything from how to pronounce espresso to running, skiing, swimming, and skateboarding, along with a lot of bonus surfing. Don't miss this Thursday, the bonus episode of the Kalen and Brent Show. Thank you again for listening. My name is Brent Peterson, and it has been a pleasure to be your host today. Please sign up for our newsletter platforms at talk-commerce.com. Rate and subscribe to Talk Commerce wherever you download your podcasts. New shows out every week.